Hello, dear friends. This is Pastor Evangelist Robert Venable. It is time for Let's Talk About Jesus right here on our website. Uh, we're so glad that you're with us today. Everyone that joins us for Bible study, I want you to know what's happening. Amen. <laughs> you may not be aware of it, but as you continue to feast upon the Word of God, faith is growing within you. Faith cometh, the Scripture declares, by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Growth comes, spiritual maturation, maturity comes by receiving the Word of God and desire, the Scriptures teach us, the sincere milk of the Word that you may grow thereby. Amen. If you're not growing spiritually and if your faith is not growing, (laughs) we need to get into the book and we need to get the words in the book in us because they are the scriptures are inspired of God and that word inspired means God breathed just as sure as he breathed in that clay that he formed Adam out of and he became a living soul there was life in his breath hallelujah that's why Jesus said the word that I speak unto you they are spirit and they are life they're like no other word that have ever been or will ever be spoken. Praise God. Amen. So let's get into the life-giving word and let's grow our faith and let's grow spiritually today. We're going to be talking about understanding God's ways. Understanding God's ways. If you have your Bible today, I want you to turn with me to Isaiah chapter 55, verse 8 and 9. Listen to this carefully today as we come to teach this portion of Scripture and others as we seek to understand God's ways. It'll help you stand in faith and believe even though it looks impossible. Hallelujah. Isaiah 55, 8 and 9. Listen. God says, my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither your ways, my ways. For as the heavens are high, <laughs> as the heavens are higher, I'm going to tell you why I chuckled. I used to say that as the heavens are higher above the earth. And I would ask our congregation to say, how high? <laughs> Amen. How high? For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. This word ways here is derek in the Hebrew, and it literally means his manner or his habit. We would say it in forensic terms or police jargon. We would say this is his M.O., his method of operation. Praise God. Psalm 103, 7 opens this up to us. It says, He made known his ways to Moses and his acts to the children of Israel. They saw his wonders. They saw his miracles. But they didn't understand his method of operation. And when they couldn't see any way out, their faith began to shake and fail. But Moses knew his ways. And one of the things we need to discover about God's ways today is that God uses the improbable to accomplish 
the impossible. I want to say that again. God uses the improbable to accomplish the impossible. What weapon does God provide Samson to fight 1,000 enemy soldiers? He did provide for him a weapon. As strong as he was, God gave him a weapon so it would be very clear this is going to be a God-given victory. It wasn't going to be Samson with, with some special mighty weapon of destruction. It's going to be Samson using something so improbable to go to war with a thousand enemies of Israel all by himself. The jawbone of a donkey, a jawbone of a donkey who had died and animals probably spread the bones and at his feet when the enemy attacked was a jawbone and he picked it up. <laughs> Is that improbable? Does it look like there's any way to win this battle with this weapon? Oh, friend of mine, this is God's way. Amen. He uses that that will bring glory to him and not the person using the weapon. Amen. Hallelujah. God's provision to accomplish his purpose? Absolutely. A jawbone of a donkey. What did Jesus say uh, to the to the well what did Jesus actually do to get the money to pay the temple tax? He said catch a fish. And look in his mouth. And in the mouth of that fish that they caught was a gold coin. Is it improbable that that there would be a fish already that had swallowed a gold coin that someone dropped into the water? And, it, and they caught that fish out of all the fish. And in his mouth is a gold coin. Is that improbable? <laughs> Absolutely. Listen, the advice given by most fi financial counselors, <laughs> no, oh no. God's answer to their dilemma, absolutely. What was God's battle plan for Jehoshaphat when Israel was outnumbered by an allied army set for their destruction? Send out the singers to sing the songs of Zion, particularly the praise of God for his goodness and mercy. Amen. Who would sing the choir out front as the vanguard? Amen. To, to, to an allied army of three nations that were joined together, set for the destruction of the children of Israel, God's covenant people. Is it improbable that God would grant a victory not through a mighty military force, but through a spiritual warrior praising God? Amen. Improbable? Oh, yeah. The plan most frequently used by generals to overcome enemies. Oh, no. God's plan of battle for that day in that circumstance? Absolutely. What was God's plan to take the fortified city of Jericho? March around it with the Ark of the Covenant once a day until the last day, then seven times, and then shout at the top of your lungs. Amen. Improbable? Oh, yeah. Used by many other, by any other invading army to bring down strongholds? Oh, no. God's plan to give Israel the promised land? Absolutely. 
What did God, what did God's prophet tell the Assyrian captain with leprosy to do? Dip in Jordan seven times. Improbable? Oh yeah. Medically proven and frequently used therapy to cure diseases? Oh no. God's plan to bring healing and cleansing within and without. Absolutely. Amen. Listen. What does Christ tell a blind man to do to be are you getting are you getting the gist of this message already before we just go to more scripture directly amen what does Jesus tell the blind man to do uh, to be healed he puts mud and spittle spit and mud in his eyes and then tells him to go wash it out in a particular place the pool of Sol- Siloam Improbable, prescribed by most optometrists or, or, or medical specialists? Oh no. God's plan for the restoration of this man's sight? Absolutely. What does Jesus do to feed the multitudes? He takes a little boy's lunch and blesses it and passes it around. Improbable that a poor boy's lunch would feed that many people? Amen. Method used by the World Hunger Organization to end starvation? Oh, no. God's plan to meet the need on that occasion? Absolutely. When the brook dries up, who does Jesus send Elijah to be fed in famine? Who? <laughs> I hope you're getting this. God, say it with me before I, I talk a little more about these particular issues. Everyone communicating, connotating the same thing about God. God uses the improbable to accomplish the impossible. And you see when 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 he says go look in a fish's mouth, don't 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 uh, don't think about what why what 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 on earth would that would that do to help us get the money we need for this or that. If he says something so improbable that you can't just obey it by faith, then you need to just obey it. By faith. Amen. Hallelujah. God uses the improbable to accomplish the impossible. Many times we miss the opportunity to obey God in these improbable circumstances. Amen. And and consequently, we don't see the miracles because our faith doesn't, uh, our faith is not put into practical act action and activity when the brook dries up who does jesus send elijah or who does who does jesus send elijah or god send elijah to be fed in famine (laughs) amen a widow woman (laughs) i don't mean a little woman i mean a widow amen who doesn't have a husband but has a son looking to her to care for him a widow woman with a son and enough meal left in this famine for one last cake one portion and then they planned their plan was we're we're going to go ahead and starve to death there is no more and no place to get any more improbable that God would send Elijah to a woman 
that were so in need they had one enough meal for one cake and then die. It is improbable that God would use that woman to meet his need. Amen. And by the way, they didn't die, did they? No, no. Amen. Not only did he live when he asked her to bake that cake by faith, as improbable as it was uh, uh, to do that, and and yet it sustained him and them throughout the famine. Because every time she dip, every time she dipped out, God dipped in. Amen. Improbable person most sought after to supply needs of such magnitude. Oh no, God's plan of sustenance for both of them and all three of them. Absolutely. Listen, friend, when we look to God for a need to be met, we must be prepared for the answer to be improbable, not necessarily to be logical or reasonable. Amen. You know what we're told to do? We are told to trust in the Lord with all of our heart in Scripture and not to lean to our own understanding in Proverbs 3 and verse 5. Amen. We must realize, therefore, that God does not follow, nor is he bound by physical laws that govern the world as we know it. Hallelujah. He said, don't trust with your head. Trust with your heart. Because if you try to trust with your head, you're going to try to figure it out in order to believe it, figure it out in order to obey it. But when you just begin to become childlike enough in your maturity <laughs> that you will just take him at his word. You see, Jesus attends a wedding. They run out of beverages. And what does he say? Bring me water. They run out of wine. He says, bring me water. It was so impossible that they ask, or improbable rather, that they ask, what does he want with water? They ask his mother, Mary. And Mary, his mother, says, <laughs> get ready. This is key to, to using our faith to receive the impossible. Even though what God is using to accomplish the impossible is so absolutely improbable. We have to grow up in God enough to become childlike in our obedience by faith. Mary says, when they ask what does he want with water, Mary says, whatever he says, do it. This is just simply acting on the Word of God. This is not stopping to try to figure it out before we act. It's acting. Someone said it this way, faith is not jumping to a conclusion. <laughs> it's concluding to jump. Amen. It's making a decision that when we find it in the Word, when we hear it from Him, and I'm going to tell you, when you get in the Bible, you're hearing it from Him. For all Scripture is inspired by God and is profitable to us. Amen. For reproof and rebuke and correction and instruction in righteousness. Hallelujah. 
that the man of God, woman of God, boy and girl of God might be fully furnished to every good work. Praise God. Amen. Abraham believed God and it was put to his account righteousness. And in the word we are instructed in righteousness, not just in right living, but right believing. Praise God. Amen. At the tomb of Lazarus, after he's been dead for three days and sealed in the tomb, what does Christ say? Roll the stone away. That's an improbable thing that he said. What was the initial response in the reasoning of, of this, this word from the Lord? It says, by now he stinketh. Jesus urged them to act on his word in spite of the seeming foolishness of the request. You see, friend, if we want to take faith and, and bring it right down to a common denominator, faith, when, when we use our faith, it is acting on the Word of God, no matter how improbable or impossible it may seem. Faith is acting on the Word of God. Amen. Many times we lean on our understanding, don't we? When we should be leaning on God, we look to our own resources when we should be looking to God. And we then limit God. And then we question God because we limited God. And we wonder, is He really faithful? Is His Word really true? Amen. Listen, God chooses to wait until Sarah, who is barren, and but he, she's already barren, and now she's 90 years old. This is a double negative. And God, in order to keep his promise to Abraham, to, to give him children as the stars in the sky, the sand of the sea, and he has no children yet, he waits until Sarah, who is barren, who could not have children when she was young, amen, and fertile, now she can't have children, but, and she's nine, and now she's 90 years old and past the age of childbearing. So God chooses to wait. And he waits also until Abraham, who is 100, <laughs> and he's past the age of siring a child, then says, now. <laughs> in God's timing, in God's M.O., in God's way, now will I give you the promised child. How did Abraham and Sarah ever come to trust without leaning to their own understanding? Now, uh, listen, they wavered. They wavered. Abraham tried to, to prematurely take it into his hands and make it happen. <laughs> Amen. Sarah laughed when the angels told her she was going to have a child at 90 years of age who had never been able to bear a child. She, she initially laughed, but then she stopped. Amen. See, it was so improbable. She thought, that's silly. That, that is absolutely beyond the, the veil. I can't, I can't believe you're telling me that. And yet then she stopped and realized God is speaking. When God's word declares something, we shouldn't question initially God's word. We should question our own faith in 
God. Is he really the God of the impossible? Is he really the God of miracles? Is he really the God who calls the things not as though they were? Does he move in a timing that is not according to our will or our ways? Yes, he does. Is it worth waiting on God to have his promise manifest in our life? Absolutely. Listen, let's talk about Abraham first. Romans 4 and verse 17. It says, As it is written, I have made thee the father of many nations, before whom he believed even God. Now, what? Why did? how could he believe that in spite of the circumstances? Listen, the God who does what? Who quickeneth the dead. Listen, if God, that word is raise the dead, give life to the dead, and calleth the things which be not as though they were. Hallelujah. Listen, when God calls something not as though it is, it's so improbable that anyone would speak that way. You wait till it is to call it done. You, you don't, you don't begin to call it done before it happens. Well, God says, if I will it, if I purpose it, and if I promise it, as far as I'm concerned, it's a done deal. It's up to you to make it a done deal to you. Praise God. Amen. He's, this is a God who is not limited. Even death itself is subject to him. <laughs> he, he raises the dead. And calls the things not as though they were. And what happened when Abraham understood that about God's ways? Verse 18 says, who against hope believed in hope. <laughs> Amen. When there was no hope, he had hope in spite of that no hope circumstance. That he might become the father of many nations, according to that which was spoken. We're right back to God speaking it in his word and, and by his word. So shall thy seed be. God said it. You know, the scripture said, if, if God said it, shall he not do it? Amen. If he's ever said it, he is set to do it. He has purpose to do it. And he, he reveals his purpose by giving us a promise. Glory be to God. And listen to what it says in verse 19. And being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body. You see the improbability here? Neither the deadness of Sarah's womb... Amen. Then what did he consider if he didn't consider his own body? Amen. When he was about a hundred years old, neither the deadness of Sarah's womb. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief. <laughs> Hallelujah. But was strong in faith, giving glory to God and being, listen, fully persuaded that what he promised he was able to perform. Now this word, when you find able to perform here, you also must see faithful to perform. We all tend to grab a hold and easily agree. God has all power. He's omnipotent. He's able. Nothing is impossible with God. Amen. The fact that he has the power is one thing. The fact that he will use all of that power he has to keep 
his promise to us. In spite of the diagnosis, in spite of what the doctor says, the radiologist says, the the x-ray technician sees, it doesn't matter. If you find a promise in the word, God backs up that promise. Hallelujah. With his faithfulness. Hallelujah. Has he not said it? And will he not do it? That's why I love to search the scriptures. I love to see what God has said to me. Amen. Because when I get, well, we used to sing a song, whose report will you believe? Amen. They still sing it today in many circles. Amen. Mostly Pentecostal, I might add. But whose report? Will you believe? Amen. And then the the rhetorical answer comes. We will believe the report of the Lord. Where do you get that report? You get it in the Word of God. Isaiah 53 begins with who has believed our report. Hallelujah. And then to them. The arm of the Lord is revealed. They're going to see, amen, God keep his promise, keep his covenant, keep his word. Glory to God. Who had believed our report? Amen. We will believe the report of the Lord. The promises of God are to them that believe, yea and amen. Hallelujah. Listen to how Sarah believed to receive the promise that God gave them, even though it seemed impossible and it was certainly improbable. Hebrews 11 and verse 11. It says, Through faith also Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed and be delivered of a child when she was past age because she judged him faithful who had promised. Praise God. Amen. Since God uses the improbable to accomplish the impossible, our faith is to hinge upon God's word alone, knowing that God's word rests upon his faithfulness. God chooses the improbable to demonstrate that he alone is the mighty God of glory who has all power in heaven and earth. He uses and moves through the unlikely and the unusual so there can be no doubt it was God that brought that to pass. God did it. It wasn't wasn't happenstance. It, it wasn't man's ingenuity, man's intelligence. It, 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 you can't explain away when God supernaturally keeps a promise. You just can't explain it away. Praise God. Amen. Science can't figure him out. And that's why people of science have a real problem with people of faith. Amen. One time I was in a doctor's office years ago when I became 62 and had to get hooked up to you know, all the medical things for Medicare. And that was a long time ago. I'm now almost 75. But I had been through a, I had been through a, a, a situation in my life, uh, that, uh, uh, you know, just things that one thing after another. But I remembered, I remembered back when I was almost eight years old, diagnosed with leukemia. 
<laughs> and the doctor said it was in such of a stage. They first treated me for 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 uh, just anemia because I was so weak and so pale. And then they did the blood test and they found that I had leukemia, cancer of the blood. And and they they literally the doctor told my mother and father just keep him comfortable try to give him good nutritious food and when he gets in the last stages because they couldn't they didn't have the bone marrow transplant technology way back when they did even if they did we had no insurance uh, uh, no health insurance uh, we were poor poor people <laughs> and 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 there was no hope he gave no hope for my recovery uh, he said when he gets in the last stages we'll try to get him into the county hospital and that wasn't to cure me that wasn't to treat me it was to keep me comfortable and relatively pain free while i passed away listen I, I my 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 dad couldn't just accept that and against hope he believed in hope, and he and my mom took me to a church service in Tampa, Florida, at the Tampa Revival Center with Brother Joe Woodward was the pastor. By the way, my physician uh, was Dr. Paul Minthorn. <laughs> All of this was verifiable. I wish I had the papers from it. My parents didn't keep it. They took me up for prayer during an evangelistic service. And there was a, a minister ministering under the mighty anointing of God. And when they took me in that prayer line, <laughs> amen, it got my turn. My mother holding me by the hand. Uh, you see, against hope, believing in hope. Praise God. God wasn't just our last hope. God, God, God needs to become our first hope. Hallelujah. Amen. Listen, she began to say as she brought me forward, pray for, please pray for my son. He has Lou. She got the Lou of leukemia out and he just grabbed me, put his hand on my head and said, I rebuke the cancer in this child. Oh, hallelujah. You have to pardon me just a minute. I do have on my shouting shoes. Praise God, because I'm going on 75 and I'm not supposed to be alive. And <laughs> that ain't no jive. Amen. <laughs> Friend of mine, I'm not being facetious. I'm filled with joy every day that I live, I celebrate a promise-keeping God who honored our faith, my little bitty family, a little little poor family from a poor family, amen, that, that had little education and, and less, less knowledge of Scripture, and yet that mustard seed faith is getting ready to move a mountain because it releases God to keep a promise. Call upon me in the day of trouble. I will deliver you and thou shalt glorify me. Praise God. Well, we, I have on my shouting shoes today. He laid hands on my head and he commanded without her t finishing telling what I had. He said, I rebuke cancer of the blood in this child in the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. We went back home. I got up the next morning. I was jaundiced. It was affecting my liver. 
I had no jaundice. I wasn't pale. I had energy to burn. I played with my dog. I couldn't go out and chase him, and he would chase me back. Poncho, a little wiener dog. <laughs> Hallelujah. Running round in circle. My mother grabbed me by the arm, concerned about me. And she said, Bobby, don't, don't, don't overdo it. Don't overdo it. And, and she said, I looked up to her and I remember it. And I said, Mom, it's okay. Jesus healed me last night. You know, that's the kind of faith we need. You know, I'm still striving at 75 with all of these years of teaching and preaching the word. I'm striving for that faith. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Because faith is strongest when we just give God the credit for being almighty God with whom nothing is impossible. And in childlike faith, without leaning to our reasoning or our understanding, we just trust Him and obey Him. Glory be to God. Amen. Friend of mine, I want you to know God uses the improbable to accomplish the impossible. Hallelujah. I hope this is helping you today because God healed me. They took me back to the doctor, a man of science, and, and, uh, he, 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 he couldn't find. They ran another blood test. He saw the change in me. He couldn't find any evidence of leukemia. And he wrote down on my report that it was gone because it wasn't there anymore. And he said, spontaneous remission. Isn't that amazing thing? Before prayer, I'm dying of cancer. After prayer, the cancer decided to just get up and leave. No, God run it out of me. I don't know how he got it out of me. Because that's what makes him God. You don't have to know how he does anything for him to do everything. Praise God. First Corinthians. Let's close with this. Chapter 1 and verse 26. For you see your calling, brethren. How that not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, see the improbable, not many mighty, not many noble, which means highly esteemed, are called. But God hath chosen, this is his MO, God hath chosen the foolish things, the improbable of this world to confound the wise. God hath chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty and the base things of the world. Things which are despised hath God chosen, yea, the things which are not to bring to naught the things which are. Listen, and there's a reason for this, that no flesh should glory in his presence. The question isn't, are you strong enough to be used of God? <laughs> the question is, are you weak enough to trust God with all of your heart so that when he uses you and chooses you and uses you mightily, amen, <laughs> people that know you personally, they're going to say, I don't, I don't understand this. I know that person. I know they're not some mighty paragon of power. In fact, they, they're just everyday people like me. Amen. They have, they have flaws and they have weaknesses and, and yet they trust the Lord and God is using them. Wow. It's God's method of operation that no flesh glory in his presence. Hallelujah. Amen. Are you weak enough to be used of God? 
Are you able to act on the word in childlike faith? Hallelujah. Can we just begin to take him at his word? Can we do it because he said to do it and obey it? Rather than say, I don't know why he asked me to do that. I don't see any good in that. I don't see how that's going to matter. I don't see how that can change anything. I've got a doctor's report right here. I prayed about it. It isn't a good report. I don't know why God isn't faithful. I don't know why he didn't answer. Give him an opportunity. Amen. Whose report are you going to believe? Against hope. Believe in hope. Because you believe in the God of hope. <laughs> Hallelujah. In Jesus' name today. Praise God. Amen. The things that are impossible with men, they are all possible with God. So I pray today that as we open the scriptures, we open our ears, we open our heart, that we will begin to believe God for the humanly impossible. And when you're around someone that's mildly used of God and you don't see hypocrisy, you just see that's a clay vessel. That, that person has their own struggles and weaknesses. How can God use them like he uses them? How could God use vacillating up one day, down the next, Peter? Amen. Because he chooses to use people. Amen. That are weak in themselves but strong in faith toward God. Let's be strong in faith and let the weak say, I am strong, for I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. Against hope today, believe in hope. Reach out to God. Amen. I challenge you today to lift your hands and thank Him for the answer, even though you don't see or feel the answer. While we look not at the things which are seen, for they are temporal, but we look at the things which are unseen, for they are eternal. Friend, if you don't know Jesus today, this hope that we have in every circumstance you do not possess that today. When you get a bad report, there's no one to run to, no one to turn to, no place other than the arm of flesh to look, man's ingenuity. When all of that fails, they come in and shake their head and said, we've done everything we could do. But friend of mine, there's a God in heaven that if you run to Him, Repent of your sin and receive Christ as your Savior. Amen. You will meet the God of hope. And you will be never without hope in this world and for all eternity. In Christ's name.